All right, folks, good day and welcome to Commerce Today. My name is Darren Newbold, and as always with me is uh, Josh Warren. We're so excited to be together again for another episode. And for this one, well, we're uh, embracing the future of retail. And what that really means is looking at the evolution of e-commerce and how that evolves. And then I think uh, Josh is going to impart some wisdom to us about harnessing the three horizons of innovation. I can't wait for that. So with that, help introduce the rest of this topic probably a little more succinctly. How about that? Yeah, you you missed my subtitle, Um, Navigating Change Through Innovation. And I like that because really what I'm seeing is there are e-commerce directors out there that are freezing and there are e-commerce directors out there that are innovating. And both are common responses, I think, to change in challenging times, but obviously the ones that are innovating um, are setting themselves up for greater success. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Freezing, not freezing as in cold, but as in freezing as in not flight or freeze. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Not moving forward. That helps. Just for for the slow ones in the audience like me, I just want to make sure that we had that cleared up. All right. So there's specific challenges Mm -hmm. that we're looking at, and these are obviously inflation, cybersecurity, and supply chain disruption. How do those kind of impact this movement through the horizons, if you will, or through this uh, change process. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, it's it's all about, again, how you address those challenges. Are you going to um, freeze? Are you going to be kind of reactionary? Or are you going to be innovative and uh, get out ahead of them? And obviously, there's only so much you can do, you know, with inflation, unless you had a crystal ball and made some big moves about two years ago, which I think some people did and are way ahead. But um yeah, the, the pressure on profit margins. Um, but we'll see in a little bit how with the right tools, um, you can really address that a lot better than I've seen some companies address it. And then, uh, yeah, cybersecurity, the evolution of the, the threats there. Um, as we're recording this, and as we're live streaming this, just a few days ago, it was announced that there was a major, major hack that I think it was Louisiana was one of the states involved in it. It hit a lot of the, the government and... Um, Basically, if you had a driver's license in Louisiana, if you had filed just about anything with the state of Louisiana, it was hacked, it was lost, your ID numbers are out there, your date of birth, a lot of your personal information's out there. Obviously, that's a threat to retailers, um, as well as kind of the the ongoing threat of all this ransomware that tries to hold your data uh, for ransom. There's been some Interesting things happening with Reddit around that, but we're not <laughs> going to get into that today. Um, luckily, Reddit does not usually have a big impact on the world of e-commerce. So, um, And then finally, supply chain disruptions. I think we've all been hearing a lot about that, about just how disrupted all of that has been um, and how, you know, again, there's some retailers that are making the most of it through technology and some that are just freezing and are honestly going bankrupt. Haven't... Haven't some of these started – inflation, it's going to play out how it's going to play out, and and yeah. The cybersecurity, obviously, companies can do different things to avoid that and be better, but that's a – you're kind of – you're always kind of chasing perfection in, in a way there. But on the supply chain, I felt that things had started to work itself out in a way there. Has it not? Is there, Are you still seeing uh, – and uh, forgive me, that's one that I wanted to kind of – hit on a little bit more just because what are what are you seeing or what's what's still out there that's causing people to pause 
Yeah. So in a lot of areas, it's gotten a lot better, but there are still industries that are struggling. Um, I actually went out trying to buy a PC power supply recently. And if you're looking for a nicer one, um, I won't name the brand I was looking at because sadly, literally all the power supplies are out of stock everywhere because they're having so many supply chain issues. So, and here I was wanting to buy, and it's a premium brand. I was going to spend a premium price and I literally can't find somebody to take my money because they can't get the parts to get them built. And then once they're built, they're not making it to the stores in time. Wow, that's crazy. What do you think the cause is of that? What's the root behind it? I think there were decisions made one, two, three years ago, either based on the pandemic, based on the supply chain disruptions of the time, people that zigged when they should have zagged, they're still catching up. They just missed it. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for a little bit more discussion on that. So let's Let's now talk about an innovative framework and how this framework can then apply to e-commerce and maybe, maybe relieve some pressure and help those frozen executives, if you will, that are, that are really racked with the, the fear of change or the fear of the speed, fear and speed of change that's going on. How can it help them, this three horizons of yeah. innovative framework? Yeah. So this came about, um, there's an article we'll link to in the show notes, um, that was about a study from HFS Research that developed this Horizons model. And I really like this because they basically said, hey, there's, there's a lot of e-commerce directors getting squeezed by their bosses, their CFOs, and their customers. So basically, they're being told, spend less money, but the customers are demanding more and more. And so this Horizon framework gives you a way to prioritize. And so the first Horizon um, that they, and they build on each other, it's almost... Almost like a pyramid, I question exactly how they picked Horizon other than it's in the name of their company. But the the base, the foundation, the first Horizon is digital modernization. So basically, get your systems up to date, up to speed, get them talking to each other. This is the digital transformation that we and others, I know Adobe's been talking about that for 10 years now probably. There's still a lot of companies that were dragging their feet and hadn't done it. So that's where you can't address these threats. You can't innovate without having that solid foundation built first. Let me pause you real quick. I'm just curious, and this is putting you on the spot, and I know you love this, Josh, but if you were to take a swag from a percentage of the merchants, and we'll just use the U.S., a swag of the merchants in the U.S., how many of them do you feel are still still in Horizon 1 and trying to figure out that program what to do? I think you can slice it based on size. Oddly enough, I think the smallest and the biggest merchants are doing pretty good. I think that the absolute biggest ones, they had the resources and they got hammered by their shareholders, so they did it. They had to do it, right. The smallest ones, there's been so much innovation in that space with all these off-the-shelf tools you can buy now that if you're launching a new e-commerce business kind of from scratch, you go straight into you are modernized. Right. Um, It's really that middle ground that I would say, I don't think even 50, 60% of them have completed this yet. I think there's a lot of companies in the middle that are stalled out on that horizon. Hmm. All right. Definitely an opportunity out there. All right. Moving up the, uh, the pyramid, if you will, horizon two. So the second horizon is being able to provide, um, basically they call it unmatched consumer experiences, but A really solid customer experience is what I would call it. So being able to provide personalized experiences, omni-channel experiences, using that that level of experience. Basically, when you go to that website and there's that wow factor of like, this was 
this was an enjoyable experience versus, oh, wow, I can't wait until I can finish this transaction and get on with my day. Okay. Yeah, I had one of those. That's interesting that you bring that up. I, uh, uh, just a quick side note, I, I, I'm an Amazon person, like it or love it or hate it or whatever, but so I, because it's the same experience, some good, some bad it is. But I recently made a purchase from another site and in their, uh, in the way they did it, I was, I was a little blown away. I was like, wow, I, I liked this experience. Now I don't need to go there a lot because I don't, how many shoes do you possibly need? But I guess, depending on the person, maybe a lot. All right. Enough about that. Horizon three. So the third and kind of final horizon is after you've addressed the first and second one, horizon three, move on to driving value through new business models. So this is where you really get into the innovation where your technology and your customer experience are so solid that you can say, okay, how do I disrupt my industry? How do I do that whole blue ocean strategy sort of approach? Okay. So thinking real quick, kind of asked on the percentages, where do you see kind of the e-commerce industry overall in in their in the horizon levels, if you were to kind of swag it? I think if you go to a conference or you read a case study, you think everybody in the world is on horizon three because <laughs> the conferences and the case studies all love to talk about that. I think that a lot of companies are kind of at horizon 1.5, if you will, of still trying to get that experience to the level they want it to be. Well, one of the things I was thinking of as you were describing these, Josh, is is it possible to be trying to do some of the things in Horizon 3, but yet still be needing to solve Horizon 1 in a way or or some different levels? Yeah, and, and I that's a hard place for a retailer to be because you might have executives or customers that are asking you to skip straight to Horizon 3. But if you haven't addressed Horizon 1, if you don't have your technology stack where it needs to be, you're going to have a bad time. Like you really need to, this definitely builds each I, level. I think we've had some experience in some of those cases there, Josh. We That's for a whole nother episode, probably not for even this podcast. So moving right along, moving right along. So, all right, what what's the role of this digital modernization and the unmatched consumer experience in retail? What does that look like? Yeah, so the, the digital modernization piece used to, um, this is one of those things where the goals the goal has moved. Um, it used to basically mean get all your systems talking to each other, eliminate paper and manual processes, You know your inventory. Ideally, your suppliers are giving you inventory feeds. They're giving you data via EDI so you know what's coming in. You have an electronic, you know, solid um, warehouse management system. You know where everything is. You know what your sellable inventory is. You know how to get it out the door. Um, that used to be kind of that level. Now... Um, AI has changed everything. We're now digital modernization. If you truly want to be modern, you need some way that you are weaving, you know, if it's not full-blown AI, at least some level of automation into your technology stack um, or you're not truly modern anymore. Interesting. Well, and that leads us on into the this rise of the direct-to-consumer sales model. How is that impacting the innovation yeah. Along the way. So the companies that have really kind of nailed Horizon 1 and Horizon 2 were the ones that they skipped to that third or got to that third horizon of new business models. And one of the ways many of them innovated were direct to consumer. We're basically figuring out, hey, I don't need the middleman. I don't need distributors. Um, I can sell direct to consumer. And that has... You would think it would lower prices. It hasn't. 
But that has increased profit margins for those companies but of course. that realize they could do that. Um, but it gives those brands so much more control. Like when you're the one selling the product direct to consumer, you can provide that amazing experience. And that experience can just be a constant reinforcement of your brand versus you go on Amazon and you buy something there and you may not even realize what brand you just purchased and you have no kind of connection or affinity to that brand. That's interesting. Yeah, important important to note and it's definitely an important uh, important area to look at in that Horizon 3 zone. Mm-hmm. So as we start to put this all together, what's our what's your message, what's our message to the merchants out there that are saying, "Hey, I don't even know which Horizon I'm on. I'm on Horizon, you know, A and he's talking 1 2 3 or all right, I'm in Horizon 1 2 or 3." probably a one or a two in the grand scheme of things. What do I do? What do I do with this? And how do we, how do we create the impact we, we need to create? I think where the horizon model really helps is if you're in that freeze position, you're a little overwhelmed, stop, breathe, go back to basics and basically say, hey, look at us as a checklist. Have I completed horizon one? Is my brand, are we truly modernized? And if not, start there because your efforts on horizon two will take longer and cost more if you haven't finished your efforts on Horizon 1. Interesting. Yes, that is so key. So what you're ultimately saying is when when the economy is pushing, saying, hey, we can't spend more money. Okay, well, if we can't spend more money, the money we are spending, we've got to be modernized. We've got to have the, like anything, the foundation built well, right? Right, right. Then upon that, foundation, then maybe, and even uh, would encourage our merchants to review some of our previous episodes, because we do talk about some areas that probably very well fit into that horizon too, to start exploring, experimenting, some that may be expensive, maybe some of them may be not expensive that are easy to do, that would add that, just that extra value to your site. Yeah, that sums it up well. And I think that for a lot of merchants, they don't, they hear Horizon 2, they hear us talking about these consumer experiences and they think, oh, that's out of my reach. I can't afford that. My brand's not like that, that sort of thing. But talk to your customers, um, whether that's through formal you know, user research or just an informal poll on your website or an open call on social media for feedback. But talk to your customers because there might be friction points in the customer experience or opportunities to delight in the customer experience that or the low-hanging fruit that aren't going to be too expensive or complex to implement. Interesting. All right, Josh, last prediction for future trends and changes in the e-commerce landscape. So I think that, as we've talked about a lot, we're going to see a lot of AI and automation in the next couple of years. I mean, next couple of weeks at this rate. (laughs) Yes, yeah. Um, Years is way too far. But even with AI, it kind of goes back to that same thing of like the people that have their data in a format they can easily feed into an AI are going to win versus the ones that haven't done that Horizon 1 work that don't have their systems, you know, put together in a way that makes that easy. So I I don't know if we're going to see a lot of companies solving that. I think that's where people should be putting their time and attention, but it doesn't always work that way. So Interesting. All right. Well, you uh, you heard it here first. We're, as always, happy to have you on board for Commerce today. We appreciate, uh, appreciate you listening in and uh, definitely uh, come back for the next time. Until then, take care. Mm-hmm.